Well, hello everyone. Welcome. My name's Steve Childs. I'm the senior pastor at Chartel Church of God, and this is my weekly Wednesday devotional called Straight from the Heart. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, as you come online with me today, as always, please put your name in the comments. Let me know who you are and uh, just where you're coming from. I just uh, love to always love to hear from my friends cross country. So thanks for thanks for tuning in today. Before I get to um, my topic today on uh, continuing our series on the power of being bold, let me just talk to you about a couple of things. Um, one. Just uh, this last Sunday, I did a message in the series on the journey to freedom, and I talked about um, God is bigger. And it was just really a, a great service and a great message for any of us who are facing things that we feel are just insurmountable or things that we feel we just can't get beyond or move away from. And uh, I just want to encourage you, uh, if, that, if you're struggling with some of that, if you're facing some things and you just need to know that you can overcome, if you need want to know that you can break through, I want to encourage you to go back and listen to that message. You can go to our website chartellchurch.org. You can go to our Chartel Church fa uh, Facebook page um, and, and look at that. Or you can, you can even go to my website, godswordforyoutoday.com, and uh, you, can, you can go there and you can click, go down and click on that and watch it from there too. But God is bigger than whatever you're facing, and I hope that message will really speak to you. The other thing I want to mention to you is beginning three weeks from tomorrow, uh, we're going to be kicking off our Celebrate Recovery program here at Chartel. And I'm, I am so excited about that and a chance for any of us who are just wrestling with, you know, hurts, habits, hangups, things that we just, uh, again, need to get have help to get through. Um, this is going to be a great place for you to have a safe place to unpack, whether it's stuff from your past or stuff in your present whatever you're going through, a safe and confidential place for you to find encouragement, for you to find prayer support, and for you to find some real handles of help. And again, June the 3rd, uh, it's a Thursday nights, it's gonna have a, we'll have a, a, a dinner kind of thing at 5.30. There'll be a, a food option for you at 6.30 to have the large group with a teaching or a testimony. And then at 7.30, um, if you wanna stick around there, they have small groups that you can either get in, men's or women's groups uh, to be a part of that. So again, that's coming up three weeks from tomorrow. Last week, um, I kicked off this uh, series and I'm gonna wrap up this uh, through, through May with on kind of about the power of being bold. I've been writing, doing some writing about uh, the word bold and it just really um, hit me how often God calls us to live uh, boldly. And I, um, I, I last week when I was introduced, I talked about uh, five things that aren't boldness. I said boldness is not, it's not being haughty or proud. Boldness is not about being aggressive or having a type A personality. Boldness is not about being rude and that, which sometimes we feel, I think. Now, boldness is not about recklessness. It's not about just, uh, you know, doing what you, whatever you want and feeling like God's going to bail me out. That's, you know, that's being silly. That's not being bold. And it's also not self-centeredness. And I think it's important to distinguish that. But today... Um, I want to talk about one aspect of being bold, and I want to talk about this idea of having a bold faith. Um, again, our verse that I was kind of building off of is found in Proverbs 28.1, and it says, The wicked run away when no one is watching them, but the godly are as bold 
as lions. Now, again, I, I just want to push on you a little bit. When you think of your own journey of faith, would boldness be one of the words that you would describe how you live? And would a piece of that be, would it, could it be said of you that you live your life with a bold faith? Now, I, I want to talk about, so what, is, what would that mean? What would living with a bold faith look like? You ready? Let me give you a few thoughts today. Bold faith is, it's bold belief. Let me say that again. Bold faith is bold belief. It is believing, um, a bold faith is believing that God can do anything in you, that God can do anything for you, and it's also about believing that God can do anything through you. Now, we often say that you know we have faith but or we say this is what we believe but do we really believe it now how important is belief to this it's, it's vitally important there in mark chapter 9 there was a story of of jesus um, who came down from the mount of transfiguration with uh, peter james and john i believe and he he as he met this man that was there with the rest of the disciples the guy had a son who needed to be healed and the disciples couldn't do it. And so the guy comes to Jesus with it. And Jesus said, you know, what's going on here? And God, the father is describing what's going on with the son to Jesus. And here's what he says. He's talking about this demon that he has that's possessing him. He says he, it, it has often thrown him into the fire or water to kill him. And this is what the father says. The father says, but if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. And Jesus responds by saying, if you can, listen to this, everything is possible to the one for the one who believes. Everything is possible for the one who believes. And then immediately the father realized, I mean, he, he was saying he thought Jesus could do it, but he really didn't. And the father exclaimed and he said, I do believe, help me overcome my unbelief. Now, I just want you to lock in on that last thought because that last thought, I do believe, help me overcome my unbelief is such a, is such a, 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 a mark of this is what we have to lock into. Um, this help me overcome my unbelief because the things we say we have faith in and the things we really believe are, are often different. And, um, you know, we, we say we believe, but do we really believe? Now, just again, just stay with me. Think, think about all the things that we say we have faith in God about, but do you really believe that God is in those things? Um, Ken Davis, who, uh, great public speaker, been around for a number of years, uh, was writing about when he was in, in school, he took a speech class and he was asked, they were all asked to make not just a speech, but to make a memorable one. And Ken decided he was going to do his speech on the law of the pendulum. And the law of the pendulum is um, when you, when you, when something is put on a, uh, on a, on a, a wire or whatever, uh, and it's and it swung that if, as the pendulum swings it won't go back any further than the point that you leave it in other words if you see the line on the board here if I drop it from here and come back it's not going to go all the way up it'll come back to here and eventually 
that pendulum will come to rest right in the middle, and that's called the, the place of equilibrium. Well, he decided he wanted to, to, to talk about that law, and so he, he did. He got there, and he gave about 20 minutes, you know, he gave several minutes explaining what the law of the pendulum was. Then he, then he took a string, about a three-foot string, and he, he tacked it up on the chalkboard at the front of the, at the, front of the class, and he had at the bottom hanging a, just a, a top, a, chill, a child's top that they would play with. And he, he put, swung it back this way, and then he put a mark on, on the chalkboard, and then he drops the top, and he lets it swing. And whenever it swung back, he, it would make, he would make another mark, and it would go lower and lower and lower and lower. And then he would, he would talk about that's, that's the law of the pendulum. And then he said, then he looks at the class, and he says this, he says this to him, Do you guys believe in the law of the pendulum? And everybody, including the teacher, said yes. And that, that was, you know, kind of this great moment. Well, the teacher got up and was ready to come back up, take over, but, but he wasn't done. So then he had, in, in the middle of the room, there was a steel beam, and he had this um, parachute cord wire on it that was 500-pound test. We need to hold it 500 pounds. And he had, at the bottom, in this bag, he had about 250 pounds of weights. And he had the teacher, he went over to the, to the wall and he had a table and he put a chair up on the table and he had the teacher get up on the, on the table and sit with his back to the wall like this and uh, had you know, this concrete wall and the teacher was sitting in this chair. And then Ken Davis takes this you know, 250 pound weights hanging on this pendulum swing of, of, and he brings it all the way back right, right by, the, by the teacher's nose. And he said, now if the law of the pendulum is true, he says, when I release this, it's going to swing out, but it won't, your nose is, is no danger if you stay still because it won't come all the way back. And so the, he said, as he was putting that weight there by the teacher's face, he said he could just see little beads of sweat kind of building up on the teacher's face. And he said, all of a sudden, he, he lets the go. And of course, this 250-pound weight swings all the way back. And then it starts down and starts coming back at the teacher again. And he said, the teacher, he said, he, he said I've never seen anyone move so fast. He said, that teacher dove off of that table to get out of the way. And he said, all the kids were laughing. And he said, he steps around this thing that's still swinging in the middle. And he looks at the class and Ken Davis says, did the teacher really believe in the law of the pendulum? And everybody went, no, that is a graphic illustration of what I'm talking about. We say God is a provider. We say we have faith in that. We say we believe, you know, God does this. We say we believe that, you know, God does that. But when we really get in the heat of the moment, do we live by what we say we believe? Let's say that again. In the heat of the moment, when life is really there, do you live by the things you say you really believe. You see, bold faith, when we talk about having bold faith, bold faith is living by the things that we really say we believe. You know, a great example was when, you know, when, when Jesus was walking on water and Peter said, you know, if that's really you, tell me, tell me to come out. And Jesus says, come. And Peter steps out of the boat and onto the water. That's living by what you say you believe. Okay? Bold faith is, is, is bold belief. A second 
thought I had about bold faith is that, is that bold faith is also a single-focused trust. Bold faith is having a single-focused trust. Now, when I was thinking about this, I, I was thinking about, I, I wanted to use the word blind. It was a, you know, that, that bold faith is a, is a blind trust. I mean, you're willing to, to, to boldly you know, go wherever God leads you. And I, I put this in my notes. I said, it's, it's trusting God when you don't know where he's leading you or why. That's, that's, that's having that single focus trust. But it's not, it's not a blind trust. It's about focusing our eyes on God. Um, great example, I thought back to, to the story of Abram. When God came to Abram in, in Genesis chapter 12, and it says, And the Lord said to Abram, Leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land, listen to this, that I will show you. Now, God didn't tell Abram where he was going. He didn't, you know, Abram had no idea where this might be. He had no idea what it was like. There weren't maps or Google, you know, that he could go and, and check this all out. God just simply said, I want you to follow me and, and I'll show you where we're going to go. Same kind of thing that Jesus did when he came to the disciples and as he met them, he would go, follow me. Well, where are we going? He didn't say, he just said, follow me. That's, that's the kind of boldness that I'm talking about. I mean, just think about what this would mean to you. If, if, if you heard God whisper to you and say, I want you to sell your house, I want you to move, and you're not going to know where you're going to go yet. I'm going I'm to show you this you know, <coughs> some other time, but I just want you to sell everything, get rid of everything, and leave everyone you know, and I just want you to follow me. I mean, most of us would go, but God, where, where are we going? You know, where are we going? And once we would start, we'd be going, God, are we there yet? Are we there yet? And I realized that, that, a, that bold faith is truly being able to hear, recognize the voice of God and being willing to go, even though we don't know where we're heading. I mean, that's why Paul in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, he says, you know what? For we live by faith and not by sight. And, you know, most of us, when we really comes to following God, we say, God, you, you show me and then I'll go. When God says, no, you go and then I'll show you. But this is why I, I called it single focus faith, um, because it's really not about being blind. It's about trusting the one that you're following. And even though we can't see this place that we're going to or what it may be that God is up to in our life. At the same time, we can see Jesus and we can know of what he's done for us. Can you trust that? Is your faith bold enough to follow him just based on who he is? That's why the Hebrews writer says, you know, let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. Listen to this. And we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. In other words, he doesn't say, you know, just you know, fix your eyes on this bleak abyss, you know, and, and that he says, no, keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Now, this is really important because some of you, you know, you may be feeling that nudge of God and you maybe feel you're on this journey with God and you're not, you're not sure what you're going and where you're going. And I get that that's maybe frustrating and I get that that may be scary, but God says, you know what? Just keep your eyes on me.
Um, I thought with, the, with this, I, I started thinking about, so, so why doesn't God tell us ahead of time? <laughs> why doesn't God tell us where we're going or, or, or why he wants us to go? Maybe he, we know where we're going, but we don't know why we're going there or, or, or why we're having to do this. And why doesn't God tell us? And I thought of a few reasons. Um, one, one is because sometimes God doesn't tell us because it, it just wouldn't make sense to us. God doesn't think like you and I think. He doesn't evaluate the way you and I evaluate. His goals are often different from the goals that you and I have. And, and so when God is leading us, some of the things that God may be taking us to or, or through may not make any sense to us at all in a moment. It may never even in this life, but he calls us to do it anyway. Um, I, I think of the story of Habakkuk, the prophet, when Habakkuk was complaining to God about what was going on, the bad guys are winning, the good guys are losing. You know, I look around and it's like this world is falling apart around me. And God, where are you in all of this? And God says something to Habakkuk. It always sticks with me. He says, Habakkuk, I am up to something that you wouldn't, you, you wouldn't know even if somebody told you, you wouldn't get it. He says, I'm going to do something in your days that you wouldn't understand even if someone explained it to you. Why? Because we don't have the mind and wisdom of God. And so if you get frustrated with God and saying, Lord, why, why, why don't I know what this is all about? Why can't I figure this all out? Sometimes, I love you, but sometimes it's because you're just not that smart. In other words, you're not as smart as God, and you're going to have to trust him with this. Um, sometimes, and this, <laughs> this one hurts a little bit, sometimes God doesn't tell us where we're going or tell us what he's up to ahead of time because we aren't always the main story. We are not always the main story. Wherever you are, if you're watching this video, would you repeat this out loud after me? It's not always about me. I know that hurts, say it again. It's not always about me. You see, when God looks at this journey that we're on, believe it or not, you are not the only one, and I am not the only one he takes into consideration. Sometimes God takes us to places or through things, not because of, uh, of what it is for us, but because of others whose lives he's also trying to touch, heal, and change. Uh, Sunday in my message, God is Bigger, I was talking about the fact that, um, you know, Peter was in prison in Acts 12, and, you know, if, if you're stuck in prison, you may be wondering, why in the world am I, am I here? I can't, you know, I can't get out. And God, this doesn't make any sense to me. But I raised the question. I said, what if Peter wasn't in prison for the benefit of, of himself? Or what if this freedom that he was going to experience wasn't just about him? What if he was there to touch the life of another prisoner? Or what if he was there and going to be freed, having to go through this experience of being freed, before the encouragement of the church who was praying for him. You know, Paul gets to this. I pointed this out again Sunday, but Paul pointed this out in, 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 in uh, Philippians chapter 1 when he was talking about being in jail. And he said, you know, I'm here in jail, and yet because I'm in prison, the gospel has now been made known to the entire praetorium guard. In other words, Paul says, you know, I'm here for preaching the gospel, and now every day they're changing, they're chaining an, an unsaved prisoner to me, and I get a chance to preach the gospel to a captive audience. 
And uh, Paul said, and also other people are being encouraged. Other Christians are being encouraged. In other words, Paul was saying, you know, you know, I, well, you can complain if you want to about being here, but maybe my being here is not about me. You know, maybe this isn't ha doesn't have anything to do with me. Maybe it's about other souls that are going to be won, or lives that are going to be touched, or people who are going to be encouraged. Uh, I shared Sunday I, again. I. I can't tell you how many times I've had people who have gone through harrowing experiences of health crisis or things with their kids um, or job loss and all of this stuff. And yet after the fact, they've, they've said to me, you know, I can't believe how God used this to give me a chance to share with someone else or how many people I had that said, man, I was watching you through that and it just really encouraged my faith or the doors opened up. Sometimes you just got to get this. Sometimes it's just not about you. And I think God can't hardly tell us that ahead of time because that doesn't, again, that doesn't really compute with us. Sometimes, and this isn't going to make you feel any better, Sometimes God doesn't tell us what we're going to experience or doesn't tell us ahead of time what all is ahead because if he did, it would scare us to death. If he did, it would scare us to death. I mean, think about, think about some of the times in your life that you followed God and maybe some of the situations that you found yourself in and how terrifying they really were. Now, you got through them and you got to the other side, but sometimes this journey has a lot of pain and sorrow to it. And uh, it's kind of like if God said, you know, I want you to do this because, you know, if I, you, when you go here and go there, you're going to go through this kind of problem. You're going to have suffer these kinds of issues. You're going to have to deal with this stuff. You know, a lot of us would just simply bail. Um, you know, Paul, Paul had such incredibly bold faith and when I was thinking about this part, something I, re I remembered, I went back to Acts chapter 20 about this idea that, you know, it would scare us to death. And here, here's Paul talking to the, the church people there in, in Ephesus. And he said, and now, he said, I am bound by the Spirit to go to Jerusalem. Now listen to what Paul says, and I want you to hear the incredible faith that Paul exercised in this. He says, I don't know what awaits me, except that the Holy Spirit tells me in city after city that jail and suffering lie ahead. Now, if, if God told you, I want to lead you on this path, and the Holy Spirit said, yeah, and that path is going to be jail and suffering, come on, how many of us would go, God, I want a different path? You know, or how many of us would go, I'm out of here. I can't, I can't do that. I don't want to go to jail. I don't want to, I don't want to suffer. Paul said, man, I know God's leading me to Jerusalem and I'm not sure what all's up there, but he said, I know the Holy Spirit just keeps letting me know there's jail and there's suffering. And, and, but listen to what Paul says. Listen, listen to how he looked at this through eyes of faith. And here's what he says. I, I, the Holy Spirit tells me that in city after city that jail and suffering lie ahead, but my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work God assigned me by the Lord Jesus, the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. That, ladies and gentlemen, is bold faith. God, I know that this may be a difficult road, but you know what? I know the purposes for which you will use me are going to be worth it. 
and I know that my ultimate destiny is with you. And that kind of ties me to the, to the last thought I had about, you know, what really is bold faith? Um, bold faith is bold endurance. It's bold endurance. Uh, it's having confidence in God in times of struggle, persecution, and hardship. You know, when we talk about faith, we want to have the kind of bold faith that can command things. We want, to be the, we want to have the kind of faith that can tell the mountain to jump into the sea. We want to have the kind of bold faith to just say what we want and have it to happen. But sometimes bold faith is the ability to hang on to God when life around us is caving in. To believe that God is still good to believe that God is still on his throne, to believe that God is still with me even when life becomes horrible. Um, there's, a, there's a passage in Hebrews, and Hebrews 11 is a, is a whole chapter about people of faith, and it talks about all these wonderful people of faith and all the things that they did, and how God blessed them and all this kind of stuff. But then he gets to this last piece and, and I'm always amazed when I read it because this is the essence of bold faith. He says, but others were tortured, refusing to turn from God in order to be set free. They placed their hope in a better life after the resurrection. Some were jeered at and their backs were cut open with whips. Others were chained in prisons. Some died by stoning. And some were sawed in half. And still others were killed with the sword. Some went about wearing skins of sheep and goats. Destitute, oppressed, and mistreated. They were too good for this world. Wandering over deserts and mountains. Hiding in caves and holes in the ground. All of these people, listen to the summary statement about them. All of these people earned a good reputation because of their faith. Their faith was bold enough to hold on to God no matter what. It reminded me of the words of Job who said, Even though he slay me, yet will I serve him. There is a, a dear lady, dear saint, she was truly a saint in our church in Phoenix. Her name was Bev Wateska. Bev uh, passed away last year. And I never knew Bev when she wasn't suffering. Uh, she was always dealing with all kinds of physical problems and, and uh, everything from, uh, you know, cancer to heart disease to, you know, all kinds of Issues, I know she suffered greatly through the years, but you would have never met a more pleasant, a more winsome, or a person who had greater faith in God than Bev. Um, I've got in my file several letters that she's written me through the years, and just encouragement notes or just places where she shared. And I, I always love how Bev... When, you, when she would refer to herself and her journey with God, she would say, God has just blessed my socks off. 
And I, I've often thought about that. I just, there are so many people that if they have any problems at all in the journey of life, they're whining and complaining and wondering where God is. And Bev suffered more than most of us will in a lifetime. And yet her faith never wavered from the Lord Jesus Christ. That, ladies and gentlemen, is bold faith. Can I pray for you? Father, I pray that you uh, would help us to have that kind of bold faith. Uh, a faith that believes. A faith that believes that you really can work miracles. A faith that is strong enough to uh, ask for whatever you lay upon our hearts, believing that you can do it. A faith that believes that you can do great things in us. A faith that is strong enough to believe that if you call us to teach or speak or witness or whatever it is, that we can do that because it's not about us. It's about you working through us. A faith that truly believes, Lord. Um, God, I, I pray that you help us to have not a blind faith, but a, a single focus faith. A faith that says that no matter what, we're going to keep our eyes on you. We don't always understand where you're going. We don't always understand where, what you're up to. But I pray, Father, that you would give us a faith that would just lock our eyes upon you and that we would just, like a child following their, their, their mom or dad through the snow, that our foots would, feet would just step where your feet have been, that we would uh, be like hinds feet in high places, as the psalmist said. And Father, I pray that you give us a faith that endures. You said it in John chapter 16, verse 33, in this world, you will have trouble. And Lord, every single one of us have found that be, to be true. But you said also, but take heart, because I have overcome the world. Lord, I have no idea what kind of struggle or suffering the people watching this video may be going through today. Um, but what I know, God, is that you are greater than that situation that they're in. And our prayer would be, O oh Lord, that you would lift them out. Our prayer would be that the, that the pain would pass, that the sorrow would cease, that the, that the struggle would be over, that you would restore them to health and life and vitality. But if, O oh God, but if it serves your purposes for us to suffer, if it serves your purposes for us to walk through deep waters, then God, give us the faith to hang on to you. That, that no matter what kind of day is going on around us, that we would hold on to that God who is within us. And if anyone were to ask us, how are we doing? We would be able to smile and say, God is blessing my socks off. Make us like Beth, Lord, we pray. In the precious name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Hey, thanks for uh, tuning in today. Just thank you so much for joining me. A couple things as, I'm, as I get off here. One, if you want a copy of my notes, uh, again, you can either email me or just put it in the comments, and I'll be happy to send it to you via Facebook. If you want me to just email it to you, you can put your email address in there. I'll send it to you that way. Um, also, just uh, again, as I continue this series of Power Being Bold, next week I'm going to talk about what does it really mean to love with a bold love, to love yourself, to love others, to love as Jesus loved. What would that look like in our life? The power of boldness. God bless you guys.
May you have a bold faith this week. Love you.